the passage up there. And um, I, uh, I love this passage for many reasons, but I wanted to just focus on something particularly, I believe, encouraging, inspiring. John chapter 10, this is Jesus speaking, and he says these words, verses 1 to 5. This is directly what he said. He said, most assuredly, uh, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up, another, up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls, them, calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will f- flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. The, and verse 16, we'll just skip through to verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they'll hear my voice, and they'll be with, uh, and there will be one, they, there will be one flock and one shepherd. In verse 27, we skip to in John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they, what do they do? They follow, follow me. How do we hear God speak to us? I just want to uh, uh, just uh, kind of for a moment just give us some thoughts. You know, they use a metaphor here of shepherds and sheep. And, and, the, and the reality is, is that the metaphoric analysis mustn't be taken literally because we're not sheep, are we? We're literally not sheep. We understand that. We're human beings. But Scripture often refers to us as sheep because we have some sheep qualities that are really good sheep qualities. There's some other sheep qualities you don't want, but there's certainly some qualities of sheep that are important. And when you think about uh, why Jesus Jesus uses the, uses the sheep as an analogy or an example. Um, you've got to understand the Jewish culture. A sheep was probably one of the most important animals of their, uh, of their um, culture, of their economy, because sheep were used for food, for wool, for milk. Uh, and so uh, there was a, a tendency um, to treat sheep with great kindness. A shepherd would ha- look after his sheep and he'd protect his sheep. And, and sheep were a very important part of their culture and their society. So when God uses sheep as a metaphor, don't, see, don't look at the negative side of it. Sheep, you know, sheep can sometimes be a little bit, you know, um, you know uh, I suppose, um, not the brightest of animals. But the reality is... I believe Jesus used the metaphor of sheep, comparing us to the most cared for and most well-treated animals, uh, probably in Israel's culture, in Jewish culture. So quite literally, sheep, um, it says here very clearly, if you take note in John chapter 10, it says something on four occasions, the same thing. And the very thing that that Jesus emphasizes in this passage, he says this, um, sheep, what? Hear my voice. Sheep, hear my voice. And I was just thinking about that and the, and the reality that Jesus emphasizes that. Um, and, you know, it's interesting that he doesn't emphasize God hearing our voice, but us hearing his voice. Uh, the truth is God um, automatically always, hear, I believe, always hears our voice, always hears when we ask. But the reality is, is that we don't often hear his voice. Or we don't put ourselves maybe in a position where we hear his voice. Because I want to tell you tonight that there's never a time when God isn't speaking or God isn't listening to you. I believe it without a doubt. He's able to do it. But the truth is, is that sometimes I think the truth is we don't hear his voice speaking to us. We sometimes, or more importantly, we're not in a position to hear his voice or what he's saying, wanting to say to us. Because you often hear people say sometimes, well, God never seems to answer my prayer. Maybe you've said that. 
I think I, over the years, have probably said, well, God, where are you? The heaven seems to be brass. He just, what's happening here? My prayers aren't getting through. Folks, I am totally reassured that God hears our voice. The truth is, um, maybe God's answering, but we're just not hearing his. Because in John, in, in John chapter 10, he continually emphasized the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. And sometimes uh, we think, well, God, the whole meaning of the Christian faith is you to hear us. Now, I want to tell you, the whole meaning of your Christian faith is you to hear God. Not him to He wants to hear us all the time, but we need to be listening. And, you know, um, it's, it's, sometimes uh, the reality is, is uh, where is that place? Where is that place where God's speaking? Where, can, where, where is that place where we'll hear God's voice? And if we just look at there's a couple of instances, a couple of examples in this passage. You know, one of the places where we'll hear God's voice is when we're in his sheepfold. Do you know what that was? It was simply a place where all the sheep would gather at night or, or they'd put them in a, a pen where it was safe and protected. And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, in the body of believers, in Jesus Christ's church, whatever church that may be, but in the body of believers, so often um, we, uh, we iron, uh, you know, rubs off an iron or we work together, we talk and, you know, um, God can speak to us. It's a safe place, isn't it? God wants to speak to us in the body of believers. And the second place that I see that God wants to speak to us is in the field and we're following him because that's what it says. It says, you know, um, uh, it says he goes before them in verse 4 and the sheep follow him and they know his voice. So when we're uh, following him or the verse before, uh, the doorkeeper opens and uh, opens the door. The shepherd obviously comes in in verse 3 and the sheep hear his voice and um, he knows them. He, and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So there's a couple of places where God uh, will, um, uh, we can hear God's voice. And I want to say, if the truth is, why doesn't, um, it, it, you stop hearing his voice when you wander outside his sheepfold. And you stop hearing his voice when you stop following him. And sometimes we think, God, you're not seem to answering me. He's answering, it's maybe we've just kind of wandered away. Maybe we're just outside his sheepfold. Maybe we've stopped following him in that sense. You know, I've discovered you can be a Christian, but you could just walk from a distance um, sometimes. We could just look at a distance. It's a bit like Peter when Jesus was being, um, he'd been arrested. He'd taken in that inner court and he was being beaten and flogged and just before he was crucified. And it says Peter walked at a distance from Jesus. He just wanted, he was kind of interested enough just to see what happened, but he didn't want to really get involved. And that was the time where he, of course, denied Jesus three times. And I think sometimes we've just got to be careful. You're expecting God to do things for us. But you know what? God's speaking to us, but we're not in a position to hear. We're not in a position to hear because maybe we're just not in that place. Um, and that's why maybe we think God's not answering. God is answering. God is speaking. I think uh, we've just got to be listening. And so um, how does God... How does God speak to us? How can we be in that position, in that place of just hearing what God wants to say to us? And I'd just like to say this. It, it, the, the very clear and very easy and, and simple thought is this. God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. It just says clearly there in Scripture that, he, that they'll know his voice. Now, we don't, we don't have uh, Jesus Christ literally with us. We have his presence, as we sung about tonight. We have his Holy Spirit with us. And you know what? Uh, 
he, his voice can be, ring out very clearly sometimes when you look at God's Word and you read it and you actually take some time to devour it and chew on it and you'll find that He can speak very clearly through His Word into your circumstance. You know, reading His Word is placing yourselves in a position to hear what God's saying, to hear His voice. There's a Psalm 119, uh, the biggest Psalm in the Bible, verse 105. And it's a well-known verse and it says, you know, God, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is that. And if you look at the word, there's some of these words. The word feet means to take a, means to take a step. And the word uh, light means to illuminate. And you know, if we were to look at it, it says, your word is a lamp to my next step. That's what that verse is saying. Your word is a lamp to my next step. And you know what else it is? Um, it's a light or it illuminates the path in front of me. And sometimes I've read that verse 119, uh, verse 105, and thought, you know, it's just his words are lamp to my feet. It's talking about the present situation now, and it's talking about the future when he's a light to my path in the future. And that could be well what it means, but the reality, more importantly, you know what it's saying? The truth is it means that God wants to speak to us about the steps we're taking and the path that we're on right now. That's what he wants to do. God wants to address, he wants to identify you with you right now. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you through his word as you read these verses um, and the reality. He wants to challenge you about the next step you're about to take and ask the question. So often he wants to ask the question of us and speak to us and say, is it right? Is it good? Is it going to be fruitful? Is it going to be helpful? Is that next step that you're thinking of taking, is that going to be profitable for your life? Because his, his presence and his, his heart is that we walk in blessing and truth and wholeness. But if you know, um, and if you listen to him, you'll hear him speaking to you, even through the word of God, they just say, hey, just be aware that mightn't be the right step to take right now. And, um, and he can challenge us to, to walk carefully on the path that we're on. Sometimes we think, am I on the wrong path? No, sometimes you're not on the wrong path. You just got to make sure that, you, that, that you're looking at what you step on. Isn't that true? Because there can be some little landmines on the path that you're on that you need to negotiate and you just need to be careful and you need to be um, aware of them so you don't take the wrong step. Um, it, you know, the path you're on may not be wrong. God just wants to light up the path you're on so you can see where you're headed just right now, just in this situation. You know, when I was a young man, I, I, I grew up in a farm, um, farming district, and, um, and, and then I had some, we had some friends who had, uh, who had dairy cows. And uh, some of the times I'd go down into the paddocks and we'd bring the dairy cows up and usually they got up there by themselves. If you've ever lived on a farm with that milking cows, they know when they want to be milked. Don't you know that? But sometimes you'd go down and you'd follow the cows back up. And there's one thing I hated as a young boy was uh, between here and the cow bales where the, sh the cows were about to be milked, um, they'd, uh, they'd drop their cow pads and it was not a pleasant uh, thing to step in one of those pads. As warm as they may be, it was not exciting for a young guy like myself. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. So I found myself zigzagging all over the path. But the truth is, it was, the destination was I was heading for the right place. I just had to be careful where I stepped. And if you've never stepped in a warm cow paddy, man, you're missing something. <laughs> what an experience of that warm marshes, it squeezes up, because you know, you never wear shoes as a young guy on a farm. It squeezes up between your toes. Um, but the truth is, I didn't really enjoy it. I always remember my dad saying when he was a young guy, he did exactly the same thing. But on cold mornings outside of Gympie, 
it was a good thing to step in cow patties because you kept your feet warm. That was one way he kept his feet warm. So, you know, we've just got to be careful. You know, your destination might be set. You know where you're headed. But, you know, as you look into God's word, he wants to speak into your heart. And he just wants to show you the next step you take so you're just careful about it. He wants to see blessing in your life. And he wants to speak to us as we listen to his word. You know, God's word, sometimes as we read it, it'll be correction to us. It says in Scripture, in Timothy, it says it's good for correction, you know, direction, guidance, encouragement, teaching. And that's what God's Word is. And, you know, it, um, um, the God Bible wants to cor- correct us and give us important information about our direction. And in actual fact, I find it's through correction that I get direction. And, and, and if we're not open and responsive enough sometimes just to be, say, God, what are you saying to me? Is this something I need to change? We've just got to yield our hearts, don't we? We've got an unyielded heart. Sometimes we're unwilling to shift, change step, or unwilling to divert around the problem, or unwilling to, to say, no, I won't be uh, involved in that, and we'll find that uh, we end up in a bit of trouble. So God's di- correction can be God's uh, direction for us. Um, it just says in Proverbs 6.23, the correction of discipline is the way to life. Isn't that true? You know, it says in New Testament Scripture, it says God disciplines those he loves. So I'm so happy that we have a Heavenly Father that sees me as an opportunity. Uh, uh, he wants to correct and, and uh, bring me into truth because, you know, it's a sign of he loves me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't bother with us, would he? So go your own way, do your own thing, mess your life up. I don't really care. That's not our God. And so he wants to speak to us. Are we listening? In actual fact, do we read his word to actually allow him to speak to us? Do we read it? Not just glance over it, not just flick through it, but just, just take that a few more moments than normal and say, God, what you're saying. So we find that God wants to speak to us through his word. You know, another way God speaks is God speaks through his peace in our inner being, in our conscience. He speaks through the peace. Proverbs 21.2 says this, There is a way that seems right to a person, but the Lord weighs the heart. What's that really saying? Well, we justify our decisions. You know, it seems right to us. You know, yeah, this is, this is the right way. I've justified this decision. But, uh, but the, the, the Word of God says, But the Lord considers also, the, weighs up the motives of the heart. That's what it's really saying. We make decisions, but the Lord also considers the motives. You know, there's a difference. You can be making what seems to be a good decision, but what's the motive behind your decision? God often wants to speak to us because, you know, when the motives of our heart don't line up with the emotion of our heart, or, you know, oh, yeah, this is a good decision. Yeah, this is great. It's going to really do well. But the motive behind it is wrong. There can be elements of unpeace. It's not a word in the English dictionary, but it's my word. Unpeace in our lives. And we can know this, there's something not quite right. And God wants to speak to us through that. You know, the way can seem right. You know, sometimes a new direction, but it may take me out of a situation that we have to face. Uh, or it may take us away from, from a person that I, wow, struggle with. And really, uh, maybe we have to face something and, 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 and we say, oh, I, wanna, I don't want to do that. So our decision is to walk away from that. But the motive is, is that we don't really want to face that. So there's, there comes a, a, a difference. See, what is the motive? The Lord weighs the heart, um, and we've got to work it out. We may believe that God is speaking, and sometimes we even use Scripture 
and we can make it seem right and we can twist the truth uh, and we can think, well, this is what God's saying to me because I've just read it in God's word, but has it got Christ's character shining through our motive in our decision that we make? Is this a character of love and joy and peace in that? Is there a, is there a wrong motive that we've got, even though it seems like the right answer? Um, so let's not take a verse and twist it, I suppose, the fit, uh, and we feel God is, uh, well, this is what God is saying. Um, um, I always remember, I was a young teenager, I was actually about 18, and a girl in, in the youth group of where I was attending this youth group come up and planted a kiss on my cheek. And um, she said, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. I said, what does that say? She says, greet one another with a holy kiss. I said, oh, fantastic. Does that mean every boy you're kissing here is exactly the same? You're just doing that? But, you know, I just had this sneaky suspicion there was a different motive <laughs> behind what she was doing. And uh, it was a little bit that way, as we found out in the end. Um, you know, so you could take the Word of God and you could say, oh, this is God's will for my life. But is the motive pure and, uh, behind it? Because uh, uh, we make the decisions, but the Lord weighs up the motives. And, and that's the way he can speak to us. We have to be honest with our emotions as well as our motives. And if they don't agree, uh, sometimes we'll get no peace about it. And that's, a, and that's a good sign that it's not the right decision to make. And God wants to speak to our hearts through that. Um, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Well, I could stop right there and think, that'd be great if I could do that. <laughs> don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Yep. In other words, you're going to have some concerns, but a good thing is to pray. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's does, He's done. And if you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts, your motives, and your minds, your emotions, as you live in Christ Jesus. There we go. His peace will guard our hearts, our motives, and our minds, our emotions. Actual fact, that could be the other way around, couldn't it? He will guard your hearts, which is your because often your emotion comes out of your heart, but often your uh, mind is where your, of course, your motives come from. So we have to be, we just have to be aware. When those two agree, it's probably a, it's probably uh, a good place to go, move forward and check it out. This could be right, but when they don't agree, uh, maybe it's no go, no go. When we, um, because there's lots of things in my life that I felt this is God's will. And then I look at the motive of my heart, and I think, oh. And you wrestle with it, don't you? This was God speaking to me. And then you really wrestle with it and think, yeah, my motive isn't right. My motive is not right, and I really can't move forward. So we've got to be aware of that and how God speaks to us. Um, the last and final thing that I believe, not the only thing, that the way God speaks, but another thing that God, how God speaks to us, it, you know, I've discovered that when God speaks, it usually involves servanthood, serving. I, I, of all the faiths in all the world, uh, Christianity is, the, is the, the faith of serving one another. Christ Jesus came to serve humanity. He came to die to give us life. Um, he, he told his disciples um, in the Last Supper, he washed their feet. And he says, you go and do likewise. You go and serve humanity. Speak the truth and love people and serve people. It's the faith of servanthood, isn't it? And often I think God speaks. It's, it, it, it can often involve servanthood. And um, they're easy. Um, you know, the voices that are, are not God's voice are easy to discern sometimes because they're self-promoting and self-serving. Selfishness. They're not God speaking to you. 
They're not God speaking to you at all. If it's, uh, if it's the promise sometimes I find of easy money, position with no accountability, uh, entitlements that are shifty, uh, then think carefully. Maybe that's not God speaking. On the other hand, if his voice is saying, humble myself, serve someone, encourage someone, give to someone, give, help, support, uh, check it out. It could very much be God just speaking to our hearts. Isn't that true? Okay, thank you. <laughs> James says this. Are you there tonight? You're good. Come on, James. Well, thank you. One person. James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one religion is useless. This, sorry, the person's religious is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So we see James writes in his little book in the New Testament, he says, you know, bridle your tongue. What's that? That's pure speech. He says, visit the needy. You know what that is? Pure service. He says, keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's pure character. So true Christianity will shine in practical ways. And God often will speak to us about helping, supporting, and serving someone else. Isn't that wonderful? You're excited about that tonight, I can see. Yeah. Amen. So true Christianity, God says, God wants to speak to us. You know, if you're walking in the mall and, you know, an old lady, uh, you know, all of a sudden drops all her groceries, you know, and, um, and you feel you need to pick them up, you know what? I think that's God. But if you hear the voice, oh, someone else will do it, you know what? I think that's your selfishness or your pride. <laughs> Can I be honest? <laughs> you know, there's great opportunity to serve. And I think God always wants to speak and give us opportunity uh, just to serve someone else. And if we, uh, and uh, you know, you don't need a neon sign in the sky from God. Go and help someone. God is constantly speaking to our hearts about supporting, loving, and helping other people. And our world and society and community are built around that. Your family is built around that. This nation is built around that. And God wants to speak to our hearts about that. So, just as we have the musos come tonight, can I just, you know, just four things I thought that were really valid about God speaking. If you think God is saying something that requires, listen to this, if you think God is saying something that requires you to make a major life-changing decision in a very short period of time, I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm just saying question it. Did you grab that one? If you think God is saying Maybe it's just not God making a major life-changing decision in a very short period of time. Just question it. If you think God is saying, or God is, requires you to place someone else in a position of compromise or danger, I'd question it. Uh, these are just some of the things that I've come across in life and all been tempted with them. Um, if you think God is saying, or God requires you to shatter family relationships or important friendships, question it. If you think God is saying... Um, uh, God is saying, um, uh, what is he saying? Oh, if you think something that doesn't sit well in the heart uh, and, and what you want to about to do doesn't sit well in the heart of mature Christian friends who love you and care for you, and it doesn't sit well in their heart, the decision you're about to make, question it. Question it. Because maybe God's really not saying those type of things. See, I find God speaks through the peace in our heart. I find God speaks through the Word. 
I find God speaks through other people that I trust in, who have my, um, you know, my, my best interest at their heart. I find God speaks just in sometimes and just with a thought that comes that's a good thought. I, I find that God will often speak to me about just serving, loving, touching other people encouraging. I, th- I hear God speak those things, but sometimes I ignore them. Sometimes I follow through. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't. And I wish I got it. More often than not, I want to get it. I want to succeed instead of fail. And I wonder, uh, what about you tonight? What about you tonight? Is God speaking to your heart about something? Has God been speaking to your heart about something for quite a while and what you need to do for Him or how you could serve Him? Maybe he's just saying to you tonight, would you just read my words so they can start to speak, so you can start to hear me. You can be one of those sheep that will follow me and hear my voice. Is he just, is he just saying, hey, you know, um, maybe that decision that you've got looming on the horizon and you think, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Maybe there's a check you need to make. There's something you need to check out. Just consider it. You need to line it up. You know, um, when you come into Gladstone Harbour, especially if you come from the ocean side of the Gladstone Harbour and just come between Curtis Island and another island called Facing Island, there's just a little bit of room there that you can bring your boat through. And uh, there's a little island right in the middle of those two islands. It's called Rat Island. And many times I've fished there or I've come through that section. And you know, at low tide, you've got to be very careful because, and especially at night time, there's certain lights that you, need to, that you need to line up with. And if you've been a Bodhi and you know, you know the story, the green and the red starboard port, you need to just be careful how you come through Gladstone Harbour. And there's some rather, you know, big rocks and there's sandbars and there's some treacherous parts of our harbour that you're going to be careful about. But the, the lights are the things that guide you away from danger and keep you going. You know, your life, either left and right, there'll always be opportunities to divert this way and to divert that way. And even on the path that you're walking, there'll always be that opportunity for mind, little minefields to blow up if you step on them. And you've got to be careful. I want to tell you, God doesn't want to see you maimed. God doesn't want to see your life end up on the rocks or in the sandbars of life. He wants to see you come through. And, you know, it's His guiding lights. It's His Word. It's His peace. It's, his, it's the motive of servanthood that will guide you and direct you through life. And so my heart would be, and God's heart more importantly, is for you to have a great life. But we've got to hear His voice. And I want to say, are you one of those sheep who can hear His voice? I pray you will be. Can we stand tonight as we just uh, close with a song? Come on, just for a moment, let's just uh, sing this wonderful song. Thanks, team.